Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Just enjoying ourselves down here. And um, the uh, School of Rock has flipped the bands yet again. And uh, they are on the stage. If you're listening to the music, singing a little bit of Footloose. They've done everything from Led Zeppelin to Footloose and everything pretty much in between. So good stuff there. Um, anyway, long story short, that uh, it's a it, okay. I'm just looking at uh, James and Company over there. Uh, they some some of the Summerfest people are here, saying hello. It's like I said, it's been 10 years. It's a little, little bit like a reunion. It's been 10 years since we've had a chance. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Our friends from Generac have brought over uh, brought over some food, so thank you very much. They brought over uh, brought over some Euro stuff for us. Awesome stuff, good stuff. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Jeff says I can't believe you had a Seinfeld party because it's still on. Well, it's not, but it's not new. The Seinfeld finale, every the whole world was watching. So yeah. Uh, Rick says, hey, Bill, I see Sticks is playing Summerfest. I hope you're able to get to JY on to talk about the Bears and the Packers. You know what? I'll try. I'll, I'll give him a shout. I'll, I, I uh, texted him a couple of weeks ago, and we were kind of going back and forth about other stuff, and it, it just never dawned on me. I forgot about that. And the reason why is because he's uh, Sticks is playing here next Friday night, and um, we're, I'm not going to be here. Because they texted me when the schedule came out. They said, hey, we're, we're going to see you. And I said, no, nah, you're, you're a weekend too late because we leave next uh, next week. So going to be out of town on vacation, unfortunately. So I have to wait for them to come back or maybe see them down in Chicago or something. But, yeah, it's uh, we're not, we're not going to be here to see them. But, no, hey, I can certainly try to get them on. Big-time Bears fan, long-time Chicagoan, and good people, great people, as a matter of fact. So, Absolutely. Um, this one is from Brooke. Brooke says, uh, hey, Bill, I think Lopez and Middleton are both going to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the most likely not to would be Lopez because coming off of the season that he just had, he could receive more money to go elsewhere. Do you think he's going to cash it in, or do you think he's going to come back for some money and a chance to win a ring? Uh, it depends on where he goes. I mean, you know, you could, uh, let's see here, uh, the Rockets. Um... San Antonio, uh, they've talked about. The, the Kings, there's been some discussion. So Sacramento is probably the most likely of those teams in the immediacy to get a to get a win, although I think they're on the outside looking in when it comes to winning a championship out in the West. But, uh, but no, I, you know, I, I, hard for me to say. I mean, we've always said money talks, but there is something to be said about keep, keeping the band together. You know, maybe what uh, what Milwaukee or what Giannis or what, you know, the excitement of having a new head coach and and such, uh, you know, for another chance to run it back in uh, in Milwaukee would mean. I, I, I don't know. I haven't sat down and had a chat with Brooke Lopez, but I know he's very fond of the city, fond of the area, and fond of the team. But if, uh, if the Kings don't find a wing, deciding to kind of dream about taking the enormous crack at, you know, the monetary aspect of things for, for Brooke Lopez, well – Maybe he, he does do that, which then again brings Bobby Portis to the forefront. Does Bobby Portis become your main guy? Because I don't think Bobby Portis can bring you the same numbers on a night-in and night-out basis that Brooke Lopez gave you and the defensive prowess 
So I think he's going to need to then go out and fill the bill, and that throws a monkey wrench in what seems to be the run it back mentality for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, let's see here. What else do we have here? Uh, this is from John. John says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, I think the Green Bay Packers defense has to support the offense. I think the biggest thing for the defense is going to be that defensive front, whether or not Devontae Wyatt can take that next step and Quay Walker. If they do, it is going to be a lights-out defense if used correctly by the almighty Joe Barry. That is from John. Not, uh, John, look, it, you have to be good in all three facets. I'm not negating your comment, but what I'm saying is when we were talking about the offensive line a little bit earlier, the offensive line really is, I think, the linchpin to the success of, uh, or at least the ability to have success for the offense in Jordan Love. If the line is a sieve, if they go through a rash of injuries, a lot of problems, blocking schemes, you know, maybe Jordan Love doesn't know everything behind the scenes the way, you know, Aaron Rodgers did um, and doesn't feel pressure real well, doesn't see it real well, and you've got injuries up front where there's not continuity, then that offensive line could be problematic for, uh, uh, you know, a quarterback trying to get his feet wet. Look what, you know, look what Justin Fields had to go through the first couple of years where he was just, you know, drop back, tuck it, and run because that offensive line was a sieve, and they've tried to address that over the last couple of years, and they at least feel that they're a better football team up front now in the trenches because of it to where this year is going to be more of a pocket passer type of at least a little bit more of a pocket passer type of season for Justin Fields in Chicago where Jordan Love, he's standing behind a, a really solid offensive line. And if they can, you know, do the same thing they did for Rodgers, if they can pass block extremely well, if they can, you know, if they can, uh, you know, open up a few holes in the run game and give Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon just a little bit more of an opening and allow that run game to become a little more prevalent, then the passing game doesn't have nearly as much pressure. I mean, it's a trickle-down effect. Plus, if they can hold for just that that little split second longer, it gives Watson and Dobbs and Torre and Reed and company and Musgrave and Kraft just that split second longer just to get open. Or it gives that window of opportunity for Jordan Love to move and make a pass and, and to see that hole open up a little bit a little bit longer. Uh, under pressure though, rolling out, I don't know if I I don't know if I'm gonna trust it right away for that offense. So the offensive line I think is kind of the linchpin to this team right now. Um we got a lot of stuff, man. People pouring stuff in today. Memories from Summerfest and all that kind of good stuff. And then we've got a lot more regarding the Green Bay Packers and the Brewers. Uh, Jake says, did you see Urias was sent out? Yeah, we did. We talked about that a little bit earlier. And uh, it was it was time. I mean, he was just – he was flailing at this point. He looked more lost than Christian Yelich did last year. And Yelich looked lost last year. Urias just wasn't hitting the ball hard. Exit velocity was down. Strikeouts were up. Fishing more and more. You know, it looked like even first pitch fastball, he wasn't really on. So it, he just, yeah, he needed to, he needs to figure things out. It's just not there right now. And it's a shame, too, because, you know, and it started to affect his fielding a little bit, but it's a shame because you really would have loved to have had that that infield stay stable ever since they came out of the postseason a few years ago when Urias played so incredibly well and you thought, okay, he's just going to own it. This is awesome. He's your guy. And it's just been um, – a very much up and down, ebb and flow type of failure so far. So, unfortunately, for the Brewers. Um, what else do we have here? We've got a lot of different stuff. This is from, uh, well, this is uh, this is Paul. Paul says, 
the best receiving yards in the National Football League are going to be from who this season? Oh, man. Um, are, are you talking Packers or are you talking just in general? You know? Packers or in general? I think uh, when you look at some of the ability for guys to go downfield, you know, God, you know, it, well, if you look at going downfield in the big receiving yards, Geno Smith had a hell of a season last year. I mean, that was amazing. Tua had a good season. He's got a good receiving core. Joe Burrow's got a good receiving core. Um, so you can start with those guys. Uh, you look at what Kirk Cousins has to throw to now up in Minnesota. You know, even even to a certain extent, now it doesn't have the same speed and big, you know, time leaping capability, but what Jared Goff has in Detroit is really solid. You know, what is the combination between Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams going to be, you know? So, I and, and Josh Allen, you know, is Stephon Diggs going to be happy? Is he going to be into it? Is that combination going to be back and very lethal again this season or not? I, I So, when you talk about the the best downfield passing grades, uh, you know, uh, um, Lamar Jackson actually throws the ball pretty well downfield. He just didn't have a lot of guys to throw to. But deep passes, I, I think you can go um, Joe Burrow, Geno Smith had a solid season last year. There's Tua, uh, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen. Hell, even, you know, I hate to say it, but even Dak Prescott's got the ability to go downfield where Dak Prescott gets in trouble is trying to squeeze into a tight window from 10 to 20 yards. And and in that window, he just, he, it's like that minutia, that split second that he tries to muscle one in there is when he really starts to have his problems. So, but the, the deep ball downfield, he's got, he's got all the arm to be able to do it, but he's, he's not, uh, He's, he's not the most accurate from 10 to 20 yards when it comes to that. Um, oh, by the way, if you if you want to give us a call, you can. If you want to hit us up over on on um, on uh, Twitter, you can. You can do so as well. I got one here. Um, the uh, Dusty says, are you sure you should be saying Troy Aikman? Uh, you know, yeah, they're making uh, a lot of money. They're making a lot of money. We were talking about that a little bit earlier with ESPN cutting a lot of people um how says do you think that aaron Rodgers is still going to appear on the pat mcafee show since pat mcafee's been bought out by espn i don't know i would assume there hasn't been an announcement i would assume he's still going to be there then again you don't make uh, an announcement of something that you know is negative and not going to happen I, I don't think you announce that but um you right now you would assume right so, uh, but but being on ESPN and Aaron Rodgers, you know, telling Schefter in essence lose my number. Does he still do ESPN stuff? He's all you know. And Aaron, let's be honest, he always does stuff with Aaron Andrews, right? Always will do the Aaron Andrews sit down. He's done uh, some stuff with uh, oh god, what's her name? I was just talking about her yesterday on ESPN. She's one of the NFL reporters. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's, he'll sit down with any woman. He very rarely sits down to do the one-on-one with the guys. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but very rarely. He, because it, Aaron Andrews is his favorite. Um, but um, I, 
he he does not like tough hard questions he likes them formed he likes the hard questions formed very softly so then he can dance so i, I don't know if that's going to happen in new york but we'll see I, I don't know well diana russini thank you very much jason diana russini he's done some stuff with her too but other than that i don't i don't see him doing a lot of a lot of sit down interviews to be honest uh, Rick says Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays is still on to the best of his knowledge. Okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, we're broadcasting live. We're at Summerfest. School of Rock on the stage right now here at the Generac stage. We are in the Generac Pavilion upstairs at the Power Bar. It's an awesome place. Thanks to Generac for being a part of the program. Thanks to them for what they're doing tomorrow, which is first responder and uh, police and firefighter day and EMS day. And if you have your ID and you get here between noon and 6, you get in absolutely free, you and four family members, which is awesome. So uh, please take advantage of that. Compliments of our friends here at Generac. We can't say thanks to them enough, and we're going to be included in that tomorrow as we're going to be down here with Fisher House, Wisconsin. Uh, just one of them. Uh, the, the Red Cross is going to be here and some of the other ones. Uh, the USO is going to be here. So really looking forward to uh, being down here tomorrow and seeing many of our veterans, police, uh, firefighters, and such and our military members and their families. So looking forward to all of that. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live from Summerfest and the Generac stage area. We'll be back coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom-made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. And uh, we are letting the warm air and the breezes in today here at Summerfest. Uh, sitting upstairs on the uh, Generac Power Bar Pavilion, watching our friends from the School of Rock who are just jamming it right now. And the gates just opened a little while ago here at Summerfest. And uh, the crowd, uh, you know, thin right now, but I'm sure it's going to pick up later on this evening. That's for damn sure. But uh, the School of Rock kids have been jamming pretty much continuously since noon today. And the cool thing is, is they play a couple songs, then the next band moves in, then the next kids come on, and they just mix and match, and they all just jam. And it's been awesome, been awesome all day long. And they've got uh, some uh, some instructors who point at them and tell them what to do and kind of moving them around on the stage and give them better stage presence. And it's it's cool. It's it's really neat. I never knew anything like this really existed. So 
kind of cool stuff. Kind of cool stuff. Um, we were talking uh, the yesterday and really the day before more so about some of the uh, quarterbacks in the National Football League who have pressure on them. And one of the guys that I put on that list was Russell Wilson. And uh, I got a note here from uh, Dirk who lives in Denver, and he said there's no shortage of storylines going into the season. But the biggest question out here is will Russell Wilson actually be the quarterback that everybody thought he was, or is he the massive headache and problem as everybody thinks he now is? Uh, and what's what makes him intriguing is – Nobody really knows. Sean Payton is coming in to straighten him out, as he's got that in parentheses. Uh, but he says, do you think Russell Wilson is done in the National Football League? My opinion? Look, I, I know you bring this up because he played that one season at Wisconsin as if we have some insight into him. I can only go by what we've seen in Seattle, the issues that pretty much – uh, for lack of a better term, turned Seattle off on him. He wanted more control. He wanted power. He wanted money. He wanted offices. He wanted certain things. And they're like, no, you're not getting it here. Go ahead and get out. And they were willing to blow him out for Geno Smith, who had a spectacular season last year. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson made Nathaniel Hackett a one-hit wonder in Denver. And so to answer your question, no, I, I – do I think that Russell Wilson is a competent, quality quarterback of the National Football League? I think he was. But as far as whether or not he's going to be back this year, I think he'll be better. But I don't think he's going to be markedly better, to be honest with you. The other guy that a lot of people are wondering about, and we didn't really put on our list because I don't ever think, when it comes to pressure, they were stupid to give him the money to begin with, and that's Kyler Murray, the quarterback for Arizona. So many ways, different ways, that this could go for him this year. He could come back. He had that season-ending torn ACL. He could play great. You got a new coaching staff, you know, front office. He could be the guy that they just say, hey, look, we've made a, a, a tremendous investment and they want to build around. Or he could just be the guy that comes back and struggles, plays poorly, maybe looks good in the first half of the season, and then just as he's done in the past, just swoons and takes a nosedive in the second half. Um, but you never know. You know, maybe he could play well enough that somebody would maybe want to trade for him too. Who knows? He's got six years left on that contract extension. Don't forget, he signed with the, with uh, the Cardinals just a year ago. He's making thirty nine million dollars this year. Kyler Murray, he sucks. If he's still on the Cardinals roster at the start of the twenty twenty four league year. Uh, 29.9 million of his 2025 pay then becomes fully guaranteed. So the possibility they could want to get rid of him, probably very real. You know, Stephon Diggs, I had mentioned him a little bit earlier. Is he going to be happy in Buffalo? Is that going to make Josh Allen that much better? Because Josh Allen kind of took some of the blame. Both said it was, you know, uh, some issues Diggs was having with the team. He was back at practice uh, the next day after missing that mandatory minicamp day, but Something's not right there. We all know that. And you got to watch and see whether or not he's happy. And if he's happy, is he the same player? Or has all this angst become too much? But, yeah, I mean, Sean McDermott got a coaching extension. Josh Allen um, said, you know, hey, this was, you know, a lot on me or mostly on me. So whatever's going on behind the scenes there, that's it's, – uh, it's, it's, it's enough to make you raise an eyebrow as to whether or not, he, you know, if things go wrong in a hurry, will Buffalo even be a viable team in that division? Does, does that open it up 
to then Aaron Rodgers or Tua. Because both of those guys are, are, you know, obviously Rodgers is quality. And Tua had a hell of a season going last year before he went down with that first concussion. And the most intriguing story, obviously, of the offseason has been the fact that the Packers traded Rodgers to New York. And, you know, I mean, Rodgers, as we all know right now, is the toast of New York. Toast of New York. And uh, he is not only playing for, you know, the Jets and the, the viability of that team and trying to, getting it, trying to get them back into the postseason, and win, maybe maybe win them a championship with the pressure that comes with that. But he's he's playing for his own legacy at this point. Let's just say that it goes bad for Rodgers. It will look like nothing more than the Packers made a move on an aging quarterback and they got rid of him at just the right time, maybe a year too late, some will say. But, I mean, he's playing for legacy. You know, he's got, you know, he, he's got Super Bowls or a Super Bowl. He's got four MVPs, but, you know, he's he's trying to become that next Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or, you know, falling short of the massive expectations that accompany him in New York. That's, man, uh, you talk about a fan base, not you don't think Philadelphia is bad. Philadelphia is not far south of New York and New Jersey, man. They're, they're not going to be happy with him there, and they haven't even talked about the annual intrigue that comes at the end of the season every year with him. So, if he doesn't, if it doesn't pan out this year, does Rodgers openly and willingly and with open arms and an open heart say, "Oh yeah, I want to come back. I'm all in." You know, as he said just a year ago in Green Bay, and then this past offseason in New York. Oh yeah, no, I'm going to be here. I'm, we're talking about a three-year deal. Okay, whatever. But we'll wait and see. You know. And then I mentioned Tua. The region reason his situation so intriguing is there's just so many different potential outcomes here. And predicting that for him is damn near impossible. He's got the concussions. He struggles with, you know, with them now. I mean, you can consider him prone to them. Concussions could derail his season again or his career for that matter. You know, they could derail the Dolphins, a team that looks to be primed to contend. They've done everything, everything to give him all the weapons. He could get through the entire season concussion-free, play the way he played when he was healthy. Uh, on a loaded Dolphins roster and make a deep playoff run. You know, he was he was third best quarterback in QBR, don't forget, in the short period of time he played, you know. So he was really on the come. And everybody likes the Dolphins roster, assuming that there's going to be improvements on the defense under the new coordinator, Vic Fangio. So there's, there's most people down there specifically think there's no reason they can't contend. So when you talk about, you know, people coming into this season that, you know, have a lot of intrigue and such, and Russell Wilson be one of those quarterbacks, you can look a lot around a lot of different places. I had mentioned yesterday that I'm looking at a guy like Jared Goff. The Lions are considered one of the most interesting teams because a lot of people are suddenly picking them favored to win the division. For the first time, they're favored to win the division in Vegas since when? 1993. 93! And one of the reasons they finished last season so strong was the play of Jared Goff. He ranked second in the NFL, only behind Patrick Mahomes in total QBR. You know, from weeks 10 through 18, he was fantastic. And don't forget, Goff actually has Super Bowl experience. Five seasons ago, he took the Rams to the Super Bowl, and he's still only 28 years old. So, I mean, it's a big year. Big year for the Lions. Could they actually do it? Can they live up to expectations? So... A lot of different stuff. A lot of different stuff. 
to take a look at. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Listening to the School of Rock on the stage right now here at uh, the Generac stage. We are in the Generac Power Bar Pavilion upstairs and enjoying. I'll tell you this. I don't know if somebody turned the heat up, but it got hot in a hurry. We had a little bit of a breeze, and that breeze went from being a nice, cool breeze to being a really warm breeze. It's hot up here. Got the tin roof up above us, and I'm just enjoying it. I love the heat, though. You know me, man. I talk about it all the time. I can't get enough of it. I'd rather have 105 than a negative 5. I'll tell you that every damn day of the week. There you go. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Listening to the School of Rock on the Generac stage here at Summerfest. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it. Ah, the days of Buckwheat Zydeco down here at Summerfest. You can't help but have a party and feel happy when you hear that. I, I don't care who you are. Good stuff. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are at Summerfest. The School of Rock is on stage. And uh, it's in. A, when I say that, some people are you know, asking me and emailing me, like, well, who is the School of Rock? It is just a bunch of kids that are learning how to be band members. And they mix and match and... Different singers, different p- guitar players, different drummers, and they just, you know, one group runs on stage, the next group takes the stage. They all bring their own music and guitars, and and it's awesome. It's it's fun to watch, and uh, Vincent sitting here watching them now for uh, just a little while and watching what they do. So good stuff from our friends at the School of Rock. We are live. We're at the Summerfest grounds on the Generac Power Bar pl- uh, pl- uh, platform up here, uh, the pavilion, if you will. And uh, they've got uh, Walk the Moon coming up on the final night of Summerfest. Uh, tonight they've got a DJ, and they've got all kinds of different music down here tonight. So uh, they've got Guitar for Vets coming up a little bit later on today at 4 o'clock on the Generac stage. So a lot of good stuff happening down here at Summerfest. We were talking uh, about some of the NFL more intriguing players uh, for this upcoming season, and we were getting into a lot of the discussion and starting to get a lot of questions um, in different areas, we had talked a, a little bit about, um, you know, the like Joe Burrow and company and what's going on with Lamar Jackson and over in the uh, AFC North. One of the uh, circumstances that could make it a little bit different, we'll see. But Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, he, uh, we all know, he violated the league's personal conduct policy. Browns have plenty of reasons, though, to be optimistic that their $230 million worth of guaranteed investment will finally pay off, uh, but there's some obviously uh, you know big questions still remaining. The last time Watson played a full season, he led the league in passing yards, but that was three years ago. And he completed just 58.3% of his passes last season, but he, you know he doesn't even turn 28 until September. So nobody really sure what to predict when it comes to Deshaun Watson and his playing ability for the upcoming season. There is, and uh, from the you know Packers fan perspective, the twist on Devontae Adams, who said he wanted to go from one Hall of Famer to the other and go out to Las Vegas where he was going to play with Derek Carr. And then, you know, you know, the Vegas Raiders made Carr's wife cry, and Carr said, that's it, I'm out. So Adams, who had forced his way basically out of Green Bay, is uh, at least appearing to be, you know, willing to give Josh McDaniels another year and Jimmy Garoppolo a shot. Um 
And he was hell-bent last year on proving that he didn't need Aaron Rodgers. And he believes he can be still at the same level with even Garoppolo, but things could get ugly in a hurry for the Raiders, who have seen a major overhaul since uh, the, the GM Dave Ziegler. He got there 17 months ago, but uh, it, it doesn't appear he's, he's shifted a lot of people around, but doesn't appear to be a whole lot better. In fact, some will say it's even worse. So it's, if that's the case, the question then becomes, Devontae Adams, being as good as he is with the contract that he signed, you would assume he could become maybe, if the if the Raiders eat some of that salary, a valuable trade chip midseason if things are bad. So Devontae uh, still out to prove that he doesn't need Aaron Rodgers or anybody else for that matter uh, after the turmoil of last season. Could he end up being out on the open market before it's all said and done? So a lot of intrigue going into this season in the NFL. A lot of tons of storylines and stuff. And so I'm, you know, um, this is uh, Daniel. Daniel says, uh, do you think it was Nathaniel Hackett or do you think it was Russell Wilson? Aaron Rodgers loved Nathaniel Hackett. That's the reason he followed him into the New York organization because they had a connection. It seemed like Russell Wilson just didn't want to listen to anybody. We're about to find out. Um, most seem to think that Nathaniel Hackett just wasn't equipped to be a head coach. And if you go and talk to anybody that's, you know, a prognosticator out in Denver and in Colorado, anywhere around that area, they all believe that Nathaniel Hackett was brought in because they fully believed they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. And then th things just didn't work out. It made it easy to get rid of Nathaniel Hackett when it was evident that Rodgers wasn't going to end up out in Denver. So they took the, the, you know, the second option, I guess, and it just turned out to be horrible because Russell Wilson has no connection with Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson got all the power. I mean, all, for a first-year head coach to have a quarterback like Russell Wilson say, I want this, 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 and this, or I'm not coming, and then to get it all, got his own office, got his own you know, staff, got his own, you know, even on the plane, he's doing high knees, running down the, the aisles and, telling people, you know, don't worry about it, even though they're like, dude, you know, settle down because we're all trying to get some rest here. He didn't have any care, thought, or concern for the rest of the people on the plane. Even the head coach couldn't stop him. So you kind of got the sense you knew what was going on in Denver. Now, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see if Russell Wilson still got that same level of arrogance under Sean Payton as he did last year with Nathaniel Hackett. So I, I, I'm, I'm – there's so many great stories – in the NFL this coming season. There just there just are. And I go back to uh, Jonathan says, uh, have you talked about Dak Prescott? That guy is in a make or break year. I 100% agree, Jonathan. Dak Prescott, it's put up or shut up time. His numbers were bad last year. Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling, thinking that he can, you know, give Dak Prescott a, you know, a quarterback refresher course 2.0, if you will, and that he's suddenly going to make him better. Um, I'm Mike McCarthy's got a lot riding on this, which is the reason probably Mike McCarthy said, hey, look, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging my way rather than going down, you know, listening to somebody else's play calling. So Mike McCarthy is, uh, is going to jump in on this and try to make Dak a better quarterback because Dak had a bad season last year. He just had a bad season. Uh, and, and it was very evident just in, in the postseason when he was just completely outplayed by Brock Purdy, remember. So... Uh, yeah, I haven't talked a lot about Dak Prescott, but I look, if you've listened to the program, you already know my opinion of Dak Prescott. I've never been a fan of Dak. 
I thought they were stupid to pay him all the money to begin with. He's better than average, but I don't think he's ever going to win you a Super Bowl. You have to have, you know, the Chicago Bears defense backing him up. Not just Micah Parsons, but the Chicago Bears defense backing him up to give him a legitimate shot at getting to a Super Bowl. And I just don't think they have that. So I, if, if Dak proves me wrong and has a much better season this year, uh, will I be shocked? A little bit. I just don't think he has that in him. Um, and no matter, and again, I know people talk about Mike McCarthy and this whole quarterback thing, but you know, you had all kinds of quarterbacks that rolled through Green Bay. The guy that stuck was Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else became a waste product. Nobody, nobody got exponentially better and good enough to really start winning games if Rodgers went down. Nobody. So, you know, this whole thing about this co- coaching guru, maybe mentally. He teaches you how to study and makes you a little bit better in that aspect. But for the most part, I I like Mike. He's a good guy. But this whole thing about being a quarterback guru, that's that's a giant steaming pant load. That's just not there. I don't see it. The proof isn't in the pudding. You know? Remember, he was the guy that wanted Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers out in San Francisco. So I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily go along with that. And I don't think he's going to make Dak Prescott exponentially better to make all of a sudden the Cowboys a viable team. The Cowboys, the only reason the Cowboys are a viable team is because the NFC is not good. There's probably three, maybe four teams in the NFC that are on that cusp. I think certainly you look at Philadelphia and you say, you know what, not only did they go to a Super Bowl last year, but they got better in the offseason. Certainly Dallas can be there. The Giants can be there. The Vikings could be there. Maybe Detroit, you know, that type of thing. But I think if uh, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or anybody gives the San Francisco 49ers three-quarters of what it is they're looking for at the quarterback position, they're going to be the favorite to win because uh, Kyler Murray's not going to be any better. L.A. is still going to struggle. I, I just I just don't see it happening. So uh, just, you know, again, my opinion, but there you have it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. School of Rock is on the stage, and they are rocking. They're having a good time. We are broadcasting live. We're on the Summerfest grounds. And uh, thanks so much to all of our friends from Generac uh, for bringing us down here. It's First Responder Day tomorrow. Again, I'll tell you a little bit about that when we uh, when we come back from break and remind you what uh, tomorrow is going to be down here. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure to come back after a 13-year, 12-year hiatus from Summerfest, from Broadcasting Live. It's been a, it's been just great to be back. Stay tuned. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show live in the Generac Power Bar in the pavilion upstairs near the stage. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom-made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So, you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. 
Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are at Summerfest, and we are on the uh, Generac Power Bar Pavilion upstairs enjoying the final segment of the program. Breeze has kicked up. It's nice and a wonderful day down here. It's been awesome. The School of Rock is on the stage, and the kids have been just jamming. And as I say, it's it's enjoyable to watch because it's just it's like multiple bands, and it's just all these different kids that come down, and they play all these cover songs, and then they just change bands again. Uh, now they've got a horn section and such. So it's it's just inc- completely intriguing to watch all these, uh, you know, wannabe rock music- music- musicians take to the stage. So good stuff, good stuff. Um, by the way, uh, talking about tomorrow, and we're going to be back here again tomorrow. Don't forget, I'll be here. Uh, Kristen and I will be down here from 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock at Summerfest. And at the Generac stage, it's Military and First Responder Appreciation Day. Now, all active duty military personnel and veterans, police, fire, EMT, along with up to four family members, uh, if you get here between noon and 6, you've got to present a valid military ID or a photo of an ED-214 or a driver's license with a veteran classification or if you're a law enforcement or fire department agency, whatever it happens to be, whatever your credentials are, Show it to them at the gate. You get in absolutely free. Absolutely free. And we're going to be here tomorrow with uh, the USO, uh, the Red Cross, Fisher House, Wisconsin, all going to be here. So if you're going to be walking around, come by tomorrow, 3 to 6. We're going to be here just shaking hands and saying hello. So if you're coming down to Summerfest, enjoy the day. Swing by and say hi. We will have some of the handouts and the flyers and such for uh, the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. So if you're down here tomorrow and you think, you know what, I'll get registered tomorrow, I'll scan the QR code. We'll have them with us. Come on by and say hi and get registered right then and there. So um, so we'll have all that uh, here as well. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, which uh, thanks to everybody, by the way, that's chimed in. So good stuff. Uh, Darren says, uh, watch the Violent Femmes rock the amphitheater back in the late 80s. Had a blast using my older brother's ID. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Mark says, I uh, came there and saw Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Better Than Ezra back-to-back. Uh, what year was that? What year was that? Um, and then uh, Chris says, uh, hey, I saw Nickel back there. It's not cool anymore, though. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why suddenly Nickelback is so uncool. But they just are, I guess. <laughs> Oh, God, what? We got so much. Uh, You got uh, uh, Chris. Oh, my God. He said, I came and saw Rick Springfield at the old North Shore Bank landing stage. Oh, my goodness. Everybody wants Jesse's girl. Yeah, we've had a lot of that today. It's been great. It's been awesome. We've had a really good time and kind of going in the Wayback Machine, which was uh, awesome. Oh, this one is from uh, Cassidy, who says uh, one of the best concerts ever was Tim McGraw with Big and Rich and the Warren Brothers. Big and Rich were awesome, and they were better than Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw seemed a little bit drunk that night. You know what? I told the story on the air that I, when I did country radio years ago, I took a, a, a crew of uh, listeners backstage to meet Tim McGraw, and he was hammered. I mean, lit up hammered. Now, I think uh, Faith Hill has kind of saved him, so to speak. But he was hammered, uh, so much so that he forgot the words. Remember his big, God, years ago, his big song was Don't Take the Girl. And uh, he forgot the words. He sang the first uh, verse twice. And people were booing the hell out of him. 
You know, because that was like everybody's, you know, make-out song. And, oh, my God, it was so sad. People are crying and all that kind of stuff. And he sang the first verse twice and was drunk as hell. Never forget that. I think he's cleaned his act up since then. But, you know, yeah. Oh, boy. The things we've seen, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we've seen over the years, that's that's awesome. That's so. Uh, Evo, we're getting ready to get out of here. Uh, anything? What, you know, you're off to Vegas, right? Yes, indeed. I'm heading out tomorrow morning, bright and early. Yeah, and you're there. You're in Vegas for a week. Oh, well, I'm going to Vegas uh, three nights, and then to Utah to Zion for uh, oh, hiking that's for right. three that's right. three days that's right. and nights. Okay, I was going to say going to Vegas for a week, man. You're you're broke. You're destitute. <laughs> you're you're probably a crack hey, addict after that. I went that to Vegas stuff. last year and didn't gamble a single dollar. I might change really? that this time. Yeah, might change it. Okay. This time. Okay. All right. So, what is your game of choice if you're going to do a little gambling? <sighs> I want to do black, well, slots, obviously, but then blackjack. But I'm like, I'm nervous, like the table etiquette. Like, I don't want to piss off someone on a heater or something, you know. End up, right. uh, end up in lake, you know, in the the, <laughs> the lake that's going to dry. Right, right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, no, I understand. Especially since the, well, the lake's coming back up now, though. Actually, I think because of the uh, the, the melt and the runoff, it's been coming up by quite a bit. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. If I don't come back, that's where I'm at. There you go. Okay, well, we'll pay attention to you, just in case. <laughs> um, 877-867-1670, there's a number you want to call before we get out of here. Feel free to go ahead and do so. By the way, in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, Bernhard Langer is uh, through right now. Oh, no, he's done. He's done for the day. Uh, second round, he is three under for the tournament, leading the tournament with Ronda Pampling right now. But don't. Don't look too close. Climbing up the leaderboard, two under for the day is Steve Stricker. He moved up 12 spots today. He is only two shots off the pace, and Steve Stricker has been the man, and he has been playing extremely well. Uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez, who was leading the tournament for much of yesterday, is uh, only a couple of shots back as well. Ernie Els is at even par. Jerry Kelly has fallen off just a tad. Uh, but he is at even, but he is going to uh, he's going to tee off. Uh, actually, I think he's teeing off right now. He was teed off. He was scheduled to tee off at 1:54 Central Time, so he should be teeing off right now. So you got Steve Stricker, who is uh, on 18 as we speak. Jerry Kelly, who's getting set to tee off. So a lot of uh, a lot of Wisconsin involvement so far uh, during the day out at Century World regarding the uh, the U.S. Senior Open. So. By the way, the purse for that thing, $4 million. Padraig Harrington was the collector of that last year. But uh, par 71, 7,218 yards at Century World in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So uh, good luck to Steve Stricker and good luck to Jerry Kelly over the week. Boy, what a matchup that would be if you got both. Say you had uh, Steve Stricker in the last group and like Jerry Kelly in the second last group, and they're all right there. Oh, what a great pairing that would be to end that thing coming up this weekend that'd be fantastic man you talk about talk about everybody in wisconsin trekking northward over to a uh, century world to see that that'd be just awesome so uh pay attention to that but bernhard langer right now in the clubhouse uh tied for the lead at three under rod pampling tees uh, it just teed off as a matter of fact he's probably uh just finishing up on one or heading over to two but he is uh he's tied for the lead so they have it uh, about a minute to go before we get out of here. And, again, a reminder, we are going to be tomorrow from 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock. I'll be here. Uh, our, our buddy Wade is going to be here, uh, one of the Fisher House board members. He'll be here tomorrow from uh, noon to 3. But 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, 
I'll be down here by the Generac stage. We're going to be in the Fisher House tent promoting the ride and promoting the Fisher House and awareness here for First Responder Day, Military Day. So we hope to see everybody down here. And if you're going to come by Summerfest, get here between noon and 6 uh, with those IDs, and you can get in 100% absolutely free. So that's, that's good stuff. And uh, we will see you down here. And then uh, we are off. We're, we're gone until – I won't be back until uh, Wednesday – and Wednesday, we will debut the new, uh, kind of the new version of the program as our guy Grant Bills will be taking over the controls. That will be Grant Bills' first day, first day as uh, the new producer of the Bill Michael Show. So that'll be kind of cool as well. So we got that coming up uh, next Wednesday. So we won't be back and talking again until Wednesday of next week. So that's going to do it. Live down here at Summerfest in the Generac stage in the Power Bar Pavilion. Thanks to our friends at Generac for having us here. Thanks to Lee for putting all this together. Lee and Stephanie have been so instrumental. Thanks to uh, William Cummings, who is the uh, the vice president of cybersecurity for Generac, who was willing to come over and talk with us a little bit about their uh, involvement in all of this down here. And uh, thanks to our friends at Summerfest. Thanks to Lena. And thanks to uh, Dwayne. Thanks to Mark. Thanks to Chris, who came by and said hello. Um, because it, it's it's been like a reunion. It's been 12 years since we've been down here doing a live broadcast and it's good to be back it's good to be back we'll see what happens next year so we'll see what happens next year so until uh, we talk again next wednesday as we say time for us to go have a great holiday weekend have a very safe fourth of july thanks to everybody that came by and said hello today time for us to get out of here have a going. Hoo